position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite. The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode number 285 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you very early on this Saturday, the 11th of April, 2020 at uh, uh, 6.41 a.m. Pacific Coast Time, left coast, coast with the most crack engineer, Ivor the Zombie Molina, over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. You're fired, Ivor. But that is a great idea. Mm. There, good. I word I mentioned that you're fired. Yes, this we are balls deep into the space madness of the quarantine now. This is, I think I'm heading into my third month of my quarantine. Cause I I could look in my I could look in my notebook, but I know that Nevada went on lockdown on St. Patrick's Day, which I want to say was like the 16th of last month. Oh, anyway, speaking of dates, I'm sorry. I know I'm very drunk. I shut up, Ivor. We got a big fucking insane bizarre melange of a show for you this week, but before we get to that, 
Of course, that would make it for our sequel, friends. The one true time and date format in the known universe. I make it 2020 04 11 06 43 a.m. Pacific Daylight, whatever the fucks. PST. Left coast, coast to the most. Isn't that right, Ivor? Pack your shit, Ivor. You're fucked. Um, so we have a big fucking crazy melange of a show for you this week. Um, but we do have a really cool feature. Uh, slightly technical, but very cool. And we have a couple of good games along the way. But yeah, um, my quarantine, uh, began... 10 days before St. Patrick's Day, which I think was the 16th of... I can't remember. Every day's the fucking same. We'll get to that. So this is like... So, okay, so... What came before April? I don't know. What came before today? Oh, today's Saturday, so that would make yesterday Friday. Um, So, okay, so January, February, March... So, end of February was when I began my quarantine, like the very end. So, February, March, that's one month. Alright, yeah, so I'm heading into two and a half months of quarantine, which is, you know, for me, it's it's getting weird. It's getting increasingly weird. I'm sure it is for everybody else. For me, personally, and I... I'm not going to talk about COVID-19 or coronavirus or what a fucking asshat Donald Trump is or how we're all going to fucking die if he doesn't get his shit together and if people don't fucking start taking control until this fucking fatuous blurry eating fuckwit and he's just shut the fuck up anyway we're not going to talk about any of that upsetting stuff um but I, I do have to say that uh if you are experiencing by virtue of the fact that I became COVID symptomatic very, very early on, and I got like, I think I got, um, there's no testing out here in the United States, so there's no way to know. There's no way to know if I have antibodies that might be valuable, um, because there's no testing. Um, but, uh, point, my point being that I'm, if you are new to this experience of social isolation and, um, exterior privation and find yourself, find that you are yourself losing your mind um, I have a lot of experience, not a lot well actually I have a whole lifetime of fucking experience in terms of social isolation and fucking blah, but that, that was by choice, and nothing is worse than having someone tell you that there's something that you can't do to make you want to do it all the time, like I would like to get laid again before I die I'm wondering how that's gonna work but that's a different story. So if you're losing your mind, um, I have one very helpful tip and then we're going to drop the subject uh, more or less because this whole thing is just going to be a deranged train wreck right off the rails, which is why Ivor is fucking fired! Don't you start crying on me again, Ivor. You know daddy hits you because you cry. I have one piece of advice and that is apart from keeping busy, all the other stuff that you've heard and stuff one piece of advice is that for me when I actually because I was COVID symptomatic and I didn't want to get my mom killed, I didn't want to get anybody killed and this was very early on um so it was like I was the only one quarantining um which is ideal if 
if you're quarantining with other people, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm drunk. Shut the fuck up, Ivor. Don't you look at me that way. But uh, big pro tip. I found that mm, right around the 18th day, that kind of period, like the 12th to the 18th day, or when I started to really lose my mind and it became really hard for like three days. It wasn't like super hard. I mean, it wasn't the hardest thing I've ever done. And luckily for me, in terms of my, in terms of being COVID symptomatic, I got one of the early strains, I think. No testing again. So no way to know. Um, which sucks because I'd like to see my mom again before I die. Uh, I know that I'm not going to kill her, but, um, a 12, 12 day to 18th day was a period of, you know, kind of grinding, stir crazy, fucking batshit, insano darkness. And if you're going through that, I have good news for you. After you get past that second week, like really, like second, second and a half week, you just go insane and you don't notice anything anymore. Um, and it's great. I even bathed this week. It was the first time in seven weeks that I bathed. And I know you needed to know that. I smell minty fresh. I can't actually smell my crotch from where I'm sitting in my own pants, which is a fucking game changer for me. Okay, so moving on. I'm sure that all of you are approaching similar levels of personal hygiene and or space madness. So let's get on with this week's show. Top stories, right, Ivor? That's right, you bang up fucking loser, you wash out, hit the brick, shit burn, you're fucking fired. Ivor did the the rundown for this week, and it's 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 a travesty. Mm. First of all, I have to say, one of my heroes died this week. I'm like I'm getting suddenly emotional, probably because I'm fucking drunk. John Prine died this week. And I got, I have to tell you that I was so fucking lucky. It was a terrible night, uh, three or four years ago when I got to see John Prine play here in Vegas. He did, he was supposed to do a two hour show. He was supposed to do like an hour and a half show, a normal rock show. He went, I had to leave the show and he was still playing. He went on for like easily three and a half hours plus. That's when I left. John Prine, um, one of America's greatest singer-songwriters, very definitely in the same league as Steve Goodman, um, and shares part of the pantheon, I would say, uh, with uh, Tom Waits, who, for my money, is the greatest living American songwriter. Uh, John Prine, famous for his innumerable um, frequently funny, frequently also simultaneously sad, poignant, um, catchy, witty, uh, tunesmithery. It's a word I've never used before. I don't know where the hyphen goes in there, but John Prine died this week at the age of 73. Um, some of my favorite songs of his, if you've never heard of John Prine, I heartily recommend that you go check out, just go onto YouTube, you can find these. Um, the late John Garfield Blues, uh, Sam Stone, Christmas in Prison. 
Dear Abby, um, Donald and Lydia, um, he was one of my favorites, and I'm, I feel very, very, very lucky that I got to see him before he died, and I feel very sad to hear that he is just 73. I mean, that's it's too young. And I had met his road agent when I was coming back uh, just last year from Bellingham, from Linux Fest Northwest, which is where I would normally be right now this time of year, but it's been cancelled because of the COVID. Um, I met his one of his uh, tour wranglers is one of his road managers in the uh, airport bar in Seattle last year and she was magnificent and uh, I got all sorts of interesting gossip about him uh, the man was a force of nature and uh, unfortunately uh, he was he was too old to to outlast the, the COVID which is just Jesus Christ why the fuck it, I've already told you to fucking mute all these devices god damn it so rest in peace John Prime and if you've never heard Sam Stone Sam Stone came home to his wife and family after serving in the conflict overseas and the time that he'd served had shattered all his nerves and left a little shrapnel in his knee um yeah it's just a fucking damn shame I don't know if I'm sad or angry I'm both I'm furious I'm and I'm really depressed. Uh, so yeah, check out the late John Garfield blues. And in fact, I'll be doing a recording of that. I tried to do one yesterday, but I was too drunk, and it that has not stopped. So this will be a twenty-seven hour episode of the Best Links Games podcast. So yeah, check out John Prine. Go to YouTube and find the late John Garfield blues. It's one of my favorite songs ever. I'm on to the last resort in a week or two real soon. Where the fish don't bite was a night, I cold light of the moon. Blue faces scream a nightmare's dream and the dead men all wear shoes. Cause everybody's dancing. Those late John Garfield blues. So there you go. There's my acapella. Two acapella John Prime tunes for you. Donald and Lydia. Also, happy Passover and Easter to all denominations. And I guess Ramadan is probably coming up soon. Um, remember, any other human being is a zombie and they are sent there to kill you. Avoid all other human beings. Speaking of which, if you don't have a mask and you intend to go out shopping, go to masks, M-A-S-K-S, for the number four, A-L-L dot C-O. And they'll tell you how to turn a t-shirt 
into a relatively, um, you know, effective enough. My mask protects you. Your mask protects me. Wear a mask if you're going outside. Also, remember, if you're healthy, um, to go donate blood. The Red Cross needs you. Uh, you can find the links for that in the show blurbs. Okay. Now, oh yeah, this is going to be a 12-hour show, and we're not going to talk about anything in terms of Linux video gaming, are we? Are we, Ivor? Are we? Motherfucker, he's sitting right there. He's got this smiley little fucking grin. Well, all right. Happy Passover and Easter. One of the... Well, there are no good parts to the COVID quarantine pandemic nightmare hellscape and or our president out here in the United States. Um, It's a fucking... It's like... If you've ever seen the terrible movie, a, a movie that I personally love, Chevy Chase, uh, Demi Moore. Oh, if I can remember this guy's name, I am well. John Candy. Uh, uh, Tyler Negron. Fish tacos. Anyway, movie was called Nothing But Trouble, and it's a terrible movie. It's a very bad movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. There's a thing on that in that movie called The Bone Stripper, which is like a roller coaster that is a meat grinder. And so, like, everyone who goes onto it just, like, gets all their skin flesh stripped off of them by, like, whips and chains. And sh- That's what it's like out here in America with this president. But one of the funnier things, ugh, it's none of this is funny. I mean, how am I going to get laid? Not that my chances were good to begin with. This really puts a nail in the coffin. Unfortunate analogy. Um, one of the funny things is watching over the last, since we last met, um, all of the late night talk show hosts, like I'm talking about Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert. Um, those are the two that I I that I watch basically every week. Oh, and John Oliver. But John Oliver is exempt from this list. Watching them fucking suck and fail, which I guess is part of the humor of it, or at least it was, as they try to broadcast from home, as they try to handle doing shit that basically any teenager with half a brain has been doing now for years especially if you have a Twitch stream at least although our Twitch stream is so fucking hit or miss it's ridiculous no one even watches me play piano anymore which is very sad so you should come and watch me play piano on the Twitch stream but anyway it's just funny to watch these people I guess they're trying to make the technical shortcomings part of the gag but it's just so ridiculous to see the the level of ineptitude both technically, I mean, you would think that they'd be able to call up a fucking, you know, Ivor Molina, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth, who's recently unemployed and is looking to telecommute to a uh, late night talk show near you. You're right. That's a good point, Ivor. He's holding up the whiskey sign. We're never getting out of here. This show is just going to go on and on and on. You're the first people I've talked to in like 15,000 years. So, and that's how you make a baby. No. <laughs> Good call, Ivor. Holding up the whiskey sign. Mm. But it's just been amusing 
to see, even when you know that they're not joking, to just watch them fucking technically crash, fail, burn, and explode on TV and then just leave it in the show. Um, they don't have a fucking editor, they don't have a producer, they don't have anybody. And I just know that uh, it bleeds us neatly into our next item. Uh, friend of I would say friend of mine um, and friend of the show uh, Chris Fisher is saying goodbye of uh, Jupiter Broadcasting um, is saying goodbye to uh, Linux Action News Uh, he's making some programming changes uh, in this our time of plague Um, and that that, that's that's sad but you know I'm sure he'll be on he'll be the guy has fucking Guy does 37 things a fucking day. It's crazy. I do like eh, on average I do like maybe 7 things a day. Tops. Some days that are really crazy like when I'm really busy, I'll do 20 things a day. He does like 37 things every fucking day. And I told him that Linux Action News would kill him. Um, But anyway, it's still still sad to see. One other thing about, and I'm sure that that uh, Chris Fisher just is watching these late night shows and that's why John Oliver is exempt because he's actually broadcasting still from his basement but he has like a fucking professional mic he's got like you know he's got good sound he's got a blank beige wall and he still has someone doing his graphics for him remotely um all of these shows are funny and it's a testament to how funny Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers, who I hated on Saturday Night Live, but is so funny in the age of Trump. I love that motherfucker. It's a testament to their skill that they can make you laugh in a room without an audience. Which also, by the way, back in the day when I started my YouTube channel 13 years ago and I started playing piano on there, that was my way to like unwind from playing piano 40 hours a fucking, well, you know, something like that. Yeah, 30 hours, you know, it's, 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 it's nine. Uh, so 22, 25 hours a week um, out here in Vegas. Uh, my way to unwind was to just fucking, you know, get on YouTube with my little Casio camera and, you know, do my show. But performing in front of an audience and performing, especially when there is no audience, but pretending that there is an audience is a skill. And they are they are learning this skill. They are learning their craft. <laughs> and it's hilarious to watch. One other thing about um, uh, TV in the time of plague. I don't think I've ever mentioned her, but I, I'm madly in love with Heidi Prisbilla. Um, she's a f- frequent... Uh, she's a journalist. She's also, I think, uh, uh, an MSNBC contributor um, she's gorgeous and she's acid smart and I I don't even know if she has a soul she is so just tough as nails and brilliant and smoking hot but it's also been funny these last you know three weeks to see some of these correspondents um, jump, jump into cable news shows as guests and commentators and analysts and stuff but from their homes, which frequently look as if you would imagine. Frequently, I would say. John Heilman has frequently in his 
giant New York kitchen, which is an echo chamber. Um, Sahil Kapoor has like this excellent bookcase with a little babushka doll, which is not something I would ever expect to see from Sahil Kapoor. I think that's his name. Christian Amanpour, Sahil Kapoor, Kapoor Navar, Hail Satan! I don't know. But Heidi Prisbilla, who I once actually was drawing something, I do a lot of graphic design shit. Um, I was drawing something this was like uh, a year ago and I was just, you know, drawing a chick I draw chick's faces a lot and I realized that I was drawing Heidi Prisbilla and she's always in my head funniest thing about Heidi Prisbilla is where she broadcasts from in these are time of quarantine and plague she broadcasts from a fucking dungeon. It's like exactly perfect Heidi Prisbella. I think she's married and has a kid. It's horrible. Melanie Zanona is also married and has a kid. It's so sad. And Katie Turner has a kid. Oh my god. I'm never gonna get laid ever again. Okay, moving on. So, Heidi Prisbella. Did I mention that John Prine died this week? Jesus Christ. Man, that takes takes the air out of me. So, but many props go out to Hyper's Billa's dungeon that I've only seen her one time since the quarantines and the lockdowns have gone into effect. It is like a basement that looks like it was designed by uh God, what was the fucking Nazi architect? The the architect that Hitler loved and made all those fucking crazy weird um, science fiction like uh, you know postmodern fascist <laughs> demi-fascist gothic that's not it's, it's like right girl emo incompatible um, contradiction in terms but anyway that guy uh, I can't remember fuck it's gonna drive me nuts I, why don't you put his name in the there we go I had to look it up Albert Speer oh, fuck you you Nazi bastard um Heidi Prisbilla lives in a dungeon, broadcasts now from a dungeon that looks like it was like a a bonus room from like the original Wolfenstein, but with modern photorealistic textures straight from 1999. So it's like all like goth, it's all like gray slate stone with like this big black fireplace that's like not behind her it's on the wall to like her right and it's not even on because there's no warmth in Heidi Brisbillow's world because she's a genius and she does not need warmth nor does she need you or other people to unleash her journalistic bad bad attitude. same thing with Nicole Wallace but she has a green screen I'm madly in love with Nicole Wallace Nicole Wallace posted a tweet this week that said uh Dear Twitter, and it, okay, forgive forgive the uh, technical. I'm gonna just go for like five hours. This show's just gonna the space madness. Back to Nicole Wallace though, because I like thinking about her because I'm in love with her. Um, and she has a kid, and she's also married, but she's broadcasting from her basement with a green screen, um, and demi professional remote engineering, um, unlike Ivor who has. 
is neither remote nor professional and is not an engineer. Because, especially since I fired him, which is the best move I made all week. But, um, Nicole Wallace posted a tweet this week that was just so funny in one of the middle of, oh God, help us. I have no, I don't, I'm, I'm a non believer, but oh, fucking God, Jesus, Yahweh, Moses, fucking Allah, anybody, God help us, our president. Was doing one of his fucking deranged shit show, kind of like this show, but without the uh, without the laser like focus <laughs> and ability to stay on topic. And she tweeted in the middle of it, "Dear Twitter, no one on earth has ever typed ducking, especially not now, not ever." something like that ducking instead of fucking um I love her she's a genius and yeah I think she should take over Chris Matthews slot anyway that's a different story so okay so did I mention John Prine died alright so we got Colbert the one game I've been playing all fucking week long balls deep has been Doom Eternal via Stadia oh my god it's so good I've been beating it and live streaming it uh, via, you know, via Stadia. Um, now on ultra-violent difficulty, as I try to collect all of the pickups and stuff, and fulfill all of my weapon mastery objectives, which I'm mostly done with, but then there's the weekly objectives, which are great, like kill fucking 30 you know, uh, undead zombie marines with exploding barrels. Or, you know, uh, kill ten pinkies by, you know, melee finishing them uh, outside of blood punch, you know, actually doing a glory kill on them. Uh, all sorts of them. And then they just replenished. Um, so it's great. Like, it really... Game is... Once you give yourself to it, you... It will consume you. I actually bought... Uh, the Doom guy, quote unquote, that uh, was minor spoiler. I should have said spoiler alert, but I, I bought uh, an action figure, seven inch tall action figure of the Doom Marine. Not the only insane purchase that I've done this week. Also, speaking of old news, in terms of episode 284 last week, which didn't come out, I don't think, until Monday, but it's hard to tell because I don't know what fucking, oh, it's Saturday today. That means yesterday was Monday. Or, no, tomorrow's Monday. No, 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 today's Monday. Because it's Saturday, and that's how we know. Oh, uh, yeah, I think we're getting a little weird out here in the Space Madness Zone. Um, the reason why last week's episode was literally almost three days late. Three days out of every seven days now, here in Vegas... Cox Communications has cut my cable. Last week it was super weird though because I could download anything and I could even fucking play uh, Stadia games and I spent fucking 18 hours trying to fucking upload that episode but it would not let me upload anything. They keep saying that they're, you know, working on the lines or whatever. I don't know. I don't have faith there's a link in this week's show blurb in, in our rundown, the, the notes for this show, uh, 
to a uh, All In with Chris Hayes uh, segment from MSNBC that aired two or three days ago. It was Monday, so tomorrow and yesterday. Also today. But it was this week that it aired, and it explains the shortage of toilet paper, which, to give, to summarize it for you, everyone shits, and, you know, chicks piss and wipe. I hope they wipe. Um, ideally, that would be good. Um, I hope they wipe in the right direction. At least twice in places other than their homes which is why there's a shortage of toilet paper. That and the fact that the industrial toilet paper market, the people who supply the toilet paper to all the offices and campuses and dorm rooms and shit, you know, do- you know, college dormitories and and you know, office buildings and stuff. That is a completely different supply chain from the ultra lush, you know, uh Charmin or whatever the f- fucking, you know, triple quilted fancy smelling pink puffy ply that you put on your bunghole uh, that you buy at the grocery store. They're two separate supply chains and ne'er the twain shall meet. It's an interesting it's an interesting segment. It's only six minutes long. It completely explains why there's a toilet paper shortage that is not abating anytime soon. Up next might be beer, but even more disconcerting, I think that maybe up next might actually be the internet. Because this is the second week that I've had massive problems three days out of seven days um, with my internet. And last week's show, I spent over 36 hours trying to upload that. And there were 20 hours, 20 whole hours where I couldn't even upload a fucking picture from my iPhone over my Wi-Fi network to like Tumblr. That's how fucking cracked out my internet was. That accounts for episode 284 being like two days late. Um, I apologize for that. There, I, Hopefully this that will not be repeated this week. We have a lot of show to go. Uh, so we're gonna kind of shift it into high gear. Isn't that right, Ivor? Ivor? Ivor's holding up the whiskey sign. I'm losing control of my lips and my ability to speak, form words and coherent sentences. So what else is new? Cheers, everyone. Hope you're healthy and not letting space madness. Mm, mm. Take control. That's very funny. Fly marrying a bumblebee. Told you that you. Why didn't you believe me? Why didn't you believe me? Okay. Now, continuing with our top stories. I've been playing Doom Eternal via Stadia all week, which segues into blah. Google Stadia in its infinite generosity (laughs) (laughs) the funniest thing I've said all week um, has made Stadia Pro free for the next three months. If you're currently a Stadia Pro subscriber, in fact, I got an email from them yesterday, which is funny because the news broke like fucking three days ago. Many thanks to Jeff Jeffy Wise, friend of the show. Uh, Jeff Jeffy Wise, who uh, hit me to this tip like three or four days ago. It was a Monday. I'm sure of it. So, yeah, it was today. He hit me to it. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's tomorrow. It's not till tomorrow. Yeah, in the past. Mm. Google Stadia has made Stadia Pro free for the next three months, including this month. 
And if you are currently a Stadia Pro subscriber, you should have gotten an email saying that they're not billing you for the for this month or for the next two months, which is kind of cool. Unfortunately, it's also ironic because the only game that they have on there <laughs> is a game that you actually have to buy, and that would be Doom Eternal. But they have some other games um, on there uh, that are free. Um, if you have the Pro thing, which everyone now temporarily has, uh, until two months from now. So that, I think that's pretty cool, especially for, uh, streaming, especially for a platform that got off to such a great launch, but has so few games, and the games they have are so expensive that everyone's complaining. I got into a whole big thing with Blaster PR, BPR, friend of the show, you know, blah, about why I love Stadia, and I still love Stadia, because Stadia does not have any metering. Like, when you play a game in your web browser using Stadia, it is better and more performant than it would be likely on your actual um, PC. I have a 1080 Ti in my machine. I know that's not like the greatest, latest video card, but it's a fucking really good video card. I have an unbelievable CPU, which we'll talk about later on this week's episode. And I got fucking, I got 96 gigabytes of RAM, I think. Uh, maybe I meant to just buy that. I meant to buy that on Monday, but that was that's tomorrow. So obviously I couldn't have done it yet because today is Monday. So I have to wait till tomorrow before Monday. Monday, it's always Monday, Monday. Anyway, the bottom line is uh, he's like been all in for GeForce, and then so we get in this huge conversation. I love BPR, and BPR is one of the smartest people I know. I love this motherfucker. You know, it's one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up is like I don't want him to misconstrue you know why the fuck is it still beeping anyway I, I'm sure that our text chat ended amicably but he just hates Stadia because he's um, outside of the contiguous United States uh, you know he's in Puerto Rico Puerto Rico Jesus Christ I am drunk as fuck He's in Puerto Rico, um, where they really appreciated uh, Donald Trump's jump shot. Fuck that asshole. Anyway, so his internet is a little spotty, as are some of his utilities and stuff, and he's had a hard time with Stadia, and he doesn't want to like Stadia. That's okay. I don't give a fuck. All I know is that I got to play Doom Eternal on day one, when it wouldn't fucking run via Proton, and then eventually the, you know, just go listen to last week's episode if you want to hear everything about Doom Eternal Proton versus Stadia. One works, the other one doesn't. Spoiler alert. Um, and he, like so many other people, are like all in on GeForce, which is Nvidia, it's NVIDIA's uh, similar streaming platform to Stadia, but there are several problems with that. One, it's heavily metered. Although the selection of games is enormous and it's out of beta, GeForce is out of beta, it's heavily metered. You actually have to pay more to get more performance out of the game. Like, if you want the way it was meant, and I'm not trying to rip off NVIDIA with a snarky comment here, but if you want to play the game the way that the developers meant for it to be played, 
you need to do Stadia, where it's not metered. You do have to pay full price for the game, though, and the library is infinitely reduced in comparison to GeForce, which evidently has like every game and every other motherfucking game, plus all the other motherfucking games, and it's like a Netflix-style subscription thing, but they're metered. So the performance sucks. And I'm not just talking about the graphical performance, I'm talking about like actual, like, you know, there's like fucking lag in the game for a single-player game. That is not how I would rather pay 60 bucks on Stadia, which, by the way, for Doom Eternal is the same price as it is um, on the Steam store and the Steam client um, for just the basic, you know, Doom Eternal. 60 bucks both ways. Only drawback with Stadia is you don't get the uh, luxurious, super pampered um, return policy that uh, Valve and Steam offer you. But it's not metered. It is not metered. It is trying to push all of the game to you at all times. And it. This is the first game I've beaten on Stadia. I've now spent over 40 hours inside of Doom Eternal via Stadia in a web browser. It has crashed one time, and that was not Stadia's fault. That was actually the game itself crashing in the virtualization. That is Stadia. And by the way, why do I keep talking about Stadia? Because Stadia actually is Linux. Other funny thing about GeForce before everyone else wants to get hot and bothered and hit me up at Vegas Writer uh, on Twitter on the DM and you're a fucking idiot or whatever or hit me up on the Discord or whatever. No, you're so wrong. I still say fuck you because I know with Stadia every time all fucking 40 hours have been 100% perfect perfection. Including when I couldn't even fucking upload shit via my own internet. It was down to like fucking 4 kilobits per second to upload something. I literally tried to upload last week's episode easily over 30 times over the course of two and a half days. I had to wait for it to fail. It just kept, oh god, but Stadia still ran. If you lose connection to your internet, or if you have spotty internet, or it's, you know, you don't have the world's greatest connection. I don't have fiber running to my house. I have, you know, normal. And other people who I know who live in rural areas of the contiguous United States um, have had no problems with Stadia whatsoever. Uh, and it's been rock solid, and I would rather pay for that now, the final caveat to GeForce, because everyone's like all about the GeForce, because everyone wants something for nothing, which is okay. I want something for nothing, too. I want all the games for free. Um, actually, I don't. That's why I fucking pay for them instead of pirating them like I did when I was a fucking weird junkie back in the early 90s. Mm. But, um, I want to pay, I want to support developers. I want to support developers, and I want to support companies that support Linux and who actually turn out good product, I want to financially support them. So that, why? Because the more of those games will happen. Um, and with Proton, that makes, that alleviates a lot of the moral stress for me. But here's the funniest thing about GeForce. So BPR and I go round and round the mulberry tree you know, we're just talking, we're just shooting the shit about, you know, Stadia, and he's just, he's just always, I hate Stadia, Stadia sucks. Um, which I can understand, if you, if you're, if you're, if you're getting poor internet, you know, 
connectivity, then yeah, Stadia is not for you. But he's like, I can't wait, you know, GeForce is much better, you know, blah, blah, blah. GeForce is like, I can't, I, I haven't looked it up this week, but I did two week. uh, I did three weeks ago. Or no, 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 that was two months ago. That was a Monday. That was a Monday. Tomorrow's a Monday, too. As is today. It's always Monday now. Um, but like, GeForce, which was in beta when I looked at it, um, was something like $7 a month. It has like a Netflix-like subscription kind of thing, but it's all heavily metered. It does have literally like maybe 200 times the games that Stadia does, and they're all really cheaper, which is okay, but they're all metered. And you have to pay more per tier, and it's not per game. It's like actually they'll meter you in the middle of a play session. This was when it was still in beta. Only Google has the fucking network capacity and the technical knowledge and has rolled out their servers, you know, across the country to make Stadia run to the point where it, it's the, you can just pop open a browser on a 13 year old fucking Toshiba laptop with no fucking on, with, with not even onboard graphics, literally, and play fucking Doom Eternal, you know, in your fucking web browser. It's awesome. It's totally worth 60 bucks for me. Well, I wish it ran on iPad. But here's the thing about GeForce. So we go around and around the mulberry bush about, you know, the pros and cons of Stadia and it being free for the next three months for the next two months and how GeForce, you know, and BPR is vehement that GeForce is like so much better. And I, I don't give a fuck, by the way. I will go wherever, you know, whithersoever they blow. The licenses that you buy on Stadia are non-transferable. But I don't give a fuck. I've beaten Doom Eternal the day that I was playing it, the day it was released, like a normal first-class citizen on my Linux box, and it was running Linux in a weird, you know, creepy kind of um, co-opted, subverted, um, rebranded, uh, demi-proprietary, uh, uh, rape of FOSS kind of way, but whatever. I got to play it. And I'm still playing it. I will be playing it as soon as I'm done with this fucking episode of the podcast. Which will, when will that be, Ivor? That's right. Ivor's holding up the whiskey sign. He says it'll be seven hours. Mm. Round and round the mulberry bush, BPR and I go. And finally, he's like, yeah, I just, I just hate Stadia. But only problem with GeForce is it doesn't have a client for Linux. <laughs> Oh man, I was drinking when he sent me that in the Discord. I <laughs> whiskey spread out my fucking nose, out my sinuses. Oh yeah, good. Enjoy playing your games with your non-existent Linux client. <laughs> oh, it's the greatest thing ever, except it's metered and you can't play it on your computer. <laughs> It's like <laughs> I just thought it was, and it's so much cheaper. It's so much cheaper than Stadia, especially because you can't play it on your fucking computer. <laughs> anyway, so that's GeForce. They're rolling that out. And, you know, I will take any. I have no. I am not emotionally involved <laughs> in Stadia's success or failure. I'm mildly financially involved. I bought two games. Um, on Stadia, I think about a hundred and thirty bucks. Each one of them is full price. 
Um, and I do pay, like, I think, well, I did pay until, like, they went free for the next three months, throughout the summer, more or less. Like, 12 bucks or 13 bucks or something like that a month to get their non-existent Stadia Pro games for free. Which I don't give a fuck about. I just basically did that to get the fucking controller. But you don't even need the fucking controller. I use, I play with a wired Xbox One generic Amazon Basics controller. Um, I pop open a browser. I go to Stadia.com. There are all my games. I literally, it recognizes my, it doesn't matter where I am or what computer I'm on. And I can do this on a TV too. That's the other thing that you get with, when you get the Stadia controller, you get the Chromecast Ultra which worked at my mom's house, which is fucking crazy, in her guest house. My mom has like a little guest apartment thing. Um, and it has the worst internet like that I've ever seen in my entire life. Ran flawlessly. And I didn't play Doom Eternal, because this is like months and months ago. It was back when I could still see my mom. But anyway, yeah. So, there's all of that. Okay, so, uh, also, finally in our top stories, No Man's Sky, beloved title. Yeah, this, I know Ivor, Ivor's looking, he's, Ivor, Ivor is huffing supermarine spar sealant right now, and he's not even huffing it, he's just spraying it right into his nostrils it's sad to see, but he's a zombie so it doesn't matter, and he had no brain cells to begin with, so the damage is negligible and completely not anything I need to intervene in go for it, Ivor I know, being being fired sucks, doesn't it yeah, we all know that feeling right now yeah you are not alone, Ivor, but you are alone, remember, we'll get through this together, just not quote unquote, together six feet apart, please six feet at all times if you want a decal of that, I've designed a bunch of them, um, they're pretty good hit me up on the Twitter at VegasWriter on the DM and I will I will get them to you, also I have not doomed 2020 stickers in two colors that are very good and very popular especially because no one wants to fucking die like this don't panic. It's just a space madness talking. It's just a space madness. So yes, beloved uh, game featured in many episodes of this uh, podcast over the last six years and change, seven years almost. Uh, no Man's Sky pushed out a major update uh, this week. They added giant mechanized robots. So your planetary planetary exploration is no longer limited merely to on foot and terrestrial uh, means of transport, be they bipedal using your powers of your own uh, foot locomotion, nor are they limited to all of the individual terrestrial vehicles, the wheel vehicles, like the Batmobile, the, 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 um, the little bat cycle thing that was really cool, or the, um, any of the other nor are they limited now to your freighter your giant capital ship nor are they limited to the uh, aeronautical 
you know, uh, shenanigans you can get into with your actual spaceship, your space fighter, your space cruiser, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Nor are they limited to your submarine. No, now you can walk upon unexplored planets in a giant fucking mechanized robot. Cool things about the the mechs, which I have not gotten to play with yet, but I did make sure that No Man's Sky still works for me. This was last night. I haven't had time to go into the tech tree. I've been doing a lot of other shit. But the cool thing about the, the mechs, they make you immune to all atmospheric and environmental hazards. And so, like, if you want to explore planets that are, like, really hostile environments, but really explore them, now you can. You can do so without having to constantly fucking recharge your, uh, your exosuits, um, sodium, I think it's sodium, it's been a while since I played New Man's Sky, but anyway, makes you immune to all that shit, and then you can fight anything that you want. Um, they only have one type of mech, it seemed like, but holy fuck, these guys, they, good lord Savannah knows she would not stop. That's, that's what the fucking, uh, Hello Games team behind No Man's Sky seems to be all about. Our feature this week, before we have new and noteworthies, it's going to be an hour and 45 minute long show. Just deal with it, Ivor. And you should deal with it too. Our feature this week is not about a video game, but about a peripheral that I finally got I finally managed to make functional inside of Linux Mint 19. It's an Elgato Stream Deck. And we'll talk all about that after Ivor Base your brain holes with this fantastic bumper, and I come back and tell you about two new and noteworthy games. One, not so happy. The other, and by not so happy, I mean doesn't work. And the other, very happy. And by very happy, I mean free and good. Based them with it, Ivor. <laughs> I was a North American fall when in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright. Yes, new and noteworthy. New and noteworthy time it is. Uh, my god, this show is never going to end. Um, first of all, as intimated uh, very briefly over the last two episodes, so last two weeks, maybe a little further beyond that. Um, Valve and Steam have released, for those of you who have a Valve Index virtual reality headset, such as myself, um, they released for free to those people a new virtual reality installment in the Half-Life um, uh, it's not a series to me anymore, it's a franchise, because I will never forgive, and I will never forget what they did to us with Half-Life 2, which is a game that doesn't have an ending, it just stops. And that is very... I'm never getting over that. Never, ever, ever. Never forgive, never forget. Um... Sorry, Valve. Fuck you. But now, here's the funny thing. So I have not wanted to mention Half-Life Alex, A-L-Y-X, which, by the way, is $59.99 if you do not have a uh, Steam uh, a Valve Index um, virtual reality headset. You have to pay full price for it. 
Uh, ostensibly, it runs with other headsets, just like everything else in the Steam VR universe. But this is the first time that uh, Valve has taken the Steam, the the Half Life universe, and thrown it directly into virtual reality. Now, here's the irony here. Half-Life Alex, what the fuck? Steam and Valve are supposed to be all about Linux, right? Yes, and they are. They are. I can't get Alex to run on my Linux box. (laughs) Which is hilarious. I'll be trying out a bunch of other things later on uh, tonight and throughout the week as I continue to waste away here at the quiet limit of the world in my quarantine where I'm not getting laid ever again! Never on the god of Hey! Matt, what's wrong with you? Oh, what? Nothing. I'm a nihilist. No, you're not. Whatever! Everybody scream! <laughs> yeah, okay, so, um, Half-Life Alex will not run... <laughs> <laughs> on a Linux box. Uh, according to Proton, I can't get it to run. I only spent 20 minutes with it trying to make it run. Um, but according to ProtonDB, there are lots of problems with ha- uh, Half-Life Alex, which was not a character I was very excited even to play as. I think it's the, the black chick who made the robot dog, the cool robot dog, and she had the gravity gun. She was, you know, mildly interesting. I'd rather play as the preacher, the insane preacher in Ravenholm. But we don't talk about Ravenholm or Ravenwood or whatever the fuck it was called. Bottom line is, how of Alex? What the fuck? According to ProtonDB, there are massive problems ranging from spontaneous crashes to currently where I am, uh, game won't fucking start. Uh, all the way through to massive performance problems. Um, like, no one can... It seems to be tied to NVIDIA uh, GPUs, but evidently no one with an NVIDIA GPU can get anywhere near a steady frame rate, and the quote-unquote steady frame rates are all sub... sub par, you know, barely playable. Um, and yeah, Bob, but some people have had some success with it. I thought we should officially mention Half Life Alex because it continues along a long and dearly disgusting uh, tradition of uh, Valve and Steam and churning out subpar product in terms of their most important flagship franchise. Hilarious, yes. Tragic, yes. Does it bother me? Not at all. The space madness has only taken control. I don't give a fuck about the Half-Life universe because I will offer in Half-Life Alex's stead this compromise, which runs fantastically well. It's one of the best games available for virtual reality. Next week, by the way, is an all-virtual reality episode because I figure at that point everyone will be three weeks plus into their quarantine and will probably want to escape to see something other than empty, post-apocalyptic looking uh, nature views outside of their homes if they can get to those places and or their friends and family who may live with them. 
So we'll be doing a whole virtual reality thing next week. But an alternative, if you're heartbroken about Half-Life Alex not running on your Valve Index on your Linux box, may I suggest a perfectly rational alternative, which, you know, I don't know if it's better because I have not played Half-Life Alex yet. I don't know if I will. I will be trying to, just out of due diligence um, over the course of this week, because I don't feel I can do a whole feature on virtual reality games without, while simultaneously omitting one of the, you know, biggest, most anticipated... Yeah, I played Half-Life 2, and you fucked me on that. Boneworks. B-O-N-E-W-O-R-K-S. Which is like amazeballs in every fucking possible way. Boneworks, very positive recent reviews, 1,186. All reviews, very positive, 10,878, which is a lot for a virtual reality game. Released date December 10th, 2019, so it's, you know, only four or five months old. This is an amazing fucking game. And in VR, it's even, it's just incredible. Uh, the game itself is $39.98, which is a lot cheaper than $59.99, especially when you factor in the fact that Boneworks actually will run on your Linux box using your <laughs> Valve-branded virtual reality headset and control interfaces and base stations. <laughs> so yeah, I recommend you go for Boneworks, not Half-Life Alex. Unless you got Half-Life Alex for free. And if you've gotten it to run, please hit me up on the Twitter, on the DM, at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. Now, so that's the bad news. The good news is, I have a free game for you. And in this hard time of plague, where I just sold Bitcoin, some some more Bitcoin yesterday, uh, ostensibly for food, sustenance, sundries, utilities, and other, you know, eh, other essential um, life support things. Instead, I blew over half of it on buying a honeycomb fucking uh, flight yoke for X-Plane 11. But that's a different story. We'll talk about that when it arrives. I just couldn't stop myself. It's It looks so good. I could not stop myself. But we don't all have that kind of disposable income and with, with Congress and the, you know, all the trillions of dollars in the world going to all of everyone who is not anyone I know, including myself. How's that $1,200 check? Yeah. Someone on the news uh, yesterday on MSNBC said it best. Like, yeah, you know, it's funny because right now it looks like uh, the entire, you know, American people who need it the most are going to get their $1,200 checks in one to five weeks from now and they currently already owe $2,000 in fucking bills and that doesn't even include rent I mean this is so fucked up but if you're broke do not despair there is a great game that is out in beta as a free demo it is called West of Dead and West of Dead is a roguelike cell shaded uh, demi-isometric, third-person, uh, highly artsy, western shooter, uh, that's free, and it's really good. It, 
I think it was uh, developed by Raw Fury, either developed or published by Raw Fury. They make good games. I played like ten minutes of it uh, right before we went on the air to record this podcast uh, for you, me, and Ivor. We were we were both here. Ivor, that's right. Ivor's holding up the whiskey sign. West of Dead, which is in beta, it's not finished. But if you're looking for an immersive story-driven roguelike with high replayability, super crazy art style, um, and lots of good action, mindless action, check out West of Dead, the beta. It's for free right now. Eventually they'll come out of they'll come out of beta and they'll release it, I think, into early access. Then you'll have to pay for it, and I'm currently in line. I'll be the first one to fucking fork over, you know, whatever money they want, but right now it is free. Um, it's not perfect. Uh, there are some pacing issues to it, etc., but you cannot beat free, and in terms of free games, this is really good. Bunch of other free games that are out there on the Steam, uh, on, uh, available through your Steam client, uh, that are, that are good. We'll be doing week after next. Maybe we'll split next week with VR and free games, but I can only do so much on any given week. But I thought that I would throw that in in case, you know, you're going a wee bit broke and Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. Uh, which is still 20% off at $39.99 now through April 13th is not your cup of tea because it has Battle Eye, which means that multiplayer is, you know, I tried to explain this to a friend of the show, Fagledorf, he's like, why don't why won't you play Banner, you know Mountain Blade 2, you love Mountain Blade 1 yeah, because it has Battle Eye, right? he's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, you know I run Linux, dude and you know this about me and like, so? I'm like, well, because I don't want to fucking fork over my money to a company that is going to treat me like a second-class citizen. Like, literally like a second-class citizen. It's like... It's like... You go to a water fountain to get a sip of water at the water fountain, everyone has to pay 30 bucks to have one sip. But, if you're a Linux user, you get half a sip. Same price, but half a sip. I'm not gonna fucking support that. I will forego the water. I would rather go without the water. I mean, unless, you know, I'm gonna die. It's like a survival situation. Quarantine. The space madness again. My beloved ice cream bar. People are always trying to take it from me. Why can't it be me? I don't! It's very funny. A fly marrying a bumblebee. But anyway, so, I don't think that really quite got through his head, but there you go. So we have Half-Life Alex. What the fuck? And West of Dead beta for free. Now, for our feature this week. Ivor, based him with it so we can get the fuck out of here and get back to staring at each other while I watch you, you zombie fuck, play Russian Roulette again and again and again and again and again. Because I have the cheat codes. I have infinite ammo. So, and he's a zombie, so he can't. Never mind. We're getting in, getting lost in the weeds. Based him with it, Ivor. Oh my god, it's the Livian! The Livian! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature, I can't read you. I can't read you, I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Livian! 
All right, so a brief history. Our feature this week is about Stream Deck UI, which is a GitHub uh, based project that makes the Elgato. If you've never heard of the Elgato Stream Deck, here's what it is it's a little box that has 15 buttons on it. Each button has a little miniature screen underneath it. The screen that's underneath it can be completely reprogram is completely reprogrammable and the function of each button it's just a control surface just like if you're in a midi or whatever or synthesizers or uh, automation for that matter um, it's just like a control surface but this is a completely multifunctional uh, control surface that has a visual cue underneath each button unfortunately Elgato that's the name of the company that manufactures this has not made a any attempt to release a dedicated Linux interface for controlling this control surface. So for a long time now, at least over a year, I got my first Stream Deck, I want to say about a year ago, and because I thought I would just fucking... Because I knew that Python had a library um, f- specifically for the Elgato Stream Deck, uh, but you can trigger, the bottom line is that you can trigger anything you want from these buttons. They're completely remappable. You can, if you're in OBS, you can make them, uh, you can just press a button to switch scenes. If you, like me, however, and if you've listened to this show f- for all these years, and you know that about four and a half years ago, I, uh, built a software product that's free and open sourced, um, called uh, Skooky Soundboard which by a combination of just fucking sheer you know fucking coding and organization and design stitched together um, Socks, which is the uh, uh, terminal based console based um, audio you know uh Wow, I'm drunk as fuck. That's right, I wore more whiskey. Anyway, socks is what you use to play sound files through the command line, more or less. It's a simple way of saying it. Um, you can also use socks to do a great number of other things, including fucking. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Bottom line was this: I learned Linux for reals for reals on a uh. EPC, an Asus EPC, a pink clamshell, um, not a netbook, what were they called? It was like a micro laptop. And it was great. It's one of my favorite computers that I've ever owned. Uh, and that was when I really switched over to Linux f- full time to the exclusion of all else. It's also where I really learned to code. And so I have a bunch of idiosyncratic hotkey combinations that I've carried with me from that original, that's, we're talking 20 years ago now, or 17 years ago. It's 2020, this had to be 2000. No, it's like 13 years ago, 14 years ago, 13 or 14 years ago. But anyway, I've, there was limited screen real estate on that little pink clamshell computer, which I named Dr. Death. That was how I identified myself to the network. Um, 
And so all my idiosyncratic keyboard shortcuts from those days have carried over across all desktop environments, distributions, and hardware that I've used since becoming Linux only over a decade ago. This means I have limited uh, keyboard real estate and limited brain power, especially since we became legal, I guess, three years ago here in Las Vegas. Um, I've been really working on, really pumping those synapses out my fucking ear holes, frying them as hard and fast as I possibly can, and man, especially during this time of plague, it's been a boon for me. But that means that when I'm playing a fucking video game, it's difficult to trigger a sound effect by remembering to hold super and then, uh, you know, keypad eight for whatever. Scoogie Soundboard used auto key and a whole bunch of programming that I did on my own uh, in Python to interface with it so that you could switch between um, soundboard sets for your numpad if you had a full-size keyboard. But this was very complicated and you don't always, you know, if you're playing with like a control... Anyway, my dream has always been if you've listened to this podcast for the last almost seven years now, you know that my dream has always been to just have a proper fucking soundboard. Like, literally a peripheral with little buttons each tied to a certain sound like, you know, E.B. Farnham. E.B. Farnham. Hmm. Flames! Flames! So, when the when I first heard about a Python library that allowed you to use the Elgato Stream Deck, this thing is tiny. It is four and a half inches wide. It's the size of a wallet. And it has 15 buttons on the face of it. Each with a little screen underneath it. The buttons are... You can put an icon in each of these buttons if you want. You can make... You can map buttons to actually scroll through different sets of functionality. Anyway... So I got I got my first stream deck about a year ago and then I I got fucking slammed with other shit and I reacquainted myself with an old old friend from my childhood and he wanted to get into live streaming and he runs Windows so I gave him my stream deck and 5 months ago uh, yeah about 5 4 months ago yeah 5 months ago I heard about Stream Deck UI which is the brainchild of genius and hero of the hour. Uh, what is your name? His name is should be right here. God damn it. Yes, Timothy Crossley. Timothy Crossley took that uh, original Python library 
and built it out with a full GUI that, that enables you to completely use your Stream Deck. That was five months ago. I couldn't get to fucking run on Mint 19 to save my fucking life. Yesterday, I had two hours, and I'm like, that's it. Fuck this. I'm I, I found my second stream deck, the one that I didn't give to friend of the show and friend of mine, uh, Jesse Smigel, master, master craftsman. <laughs> As Webster would say. <laughs> I bought another one after I gave him my old one, and then five months ago, it was when I got my new one, and I couldn't make it work. And yesterday, I was like, you know, fuck this. I found it in a drawer because I've been doing a lot of woodworking, and I found it, found my second stream deck. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. It's got to work now. And so I spent an hour and a half drilling down into it. And this time, I met with complete success. In fact, all I have to do, right now I'm talking to you. I'm pressing buttons. And this accomplishes this accomplishes many, many of my wet dreams for me. Because this does not eat up keyboard hotkeys. I don't have to press super and then a numb pad thing. And I have a visual reference on the deck itself. And I can cycle through them. Here are the problems that I had getting it to run on Mint 19.3. Uh, and I'm just gonna I'm not it's not a highly technical thing. By the way, the Elgato Stream Deck. Thank you, Ivor. You're fired. Let's go to Amazon.com. Elgato Stream Deck. And I also use for my uh, 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 my Drunken Stride Piano evenings that I live stream in, you know, fucking 1080p with my actual camcorder and my studio setup and my piano. I use um, an Elgato 4K widget to to take the video out of my camcorder and stream it seamlessly into my computer. I like Elgato. They make really good stuff. But this little fucker with 15 buttons. So if you take away three of them and map those three to like home, next, and previous, that's 12 buttons. I can have 10 pages of these and each with their own icon. But I, I didn't want to source, you know, an image for each icon. These are all illuminated, by the way. They're underneath the buttons. An Elgato Stream Deck, the same model I'm talking about. This is the Elgato, yeah, with 15 customizable LCD keys. Um, is 130 bucks. It is fantastic. If you've always wanted a dedicated soundboard for Linux, this and the Stream Deck UI, which is free on GitHub, it is a little troublesome to make working. First problems that I had, um, and I figured all of this out yesterday, but it, it, I probably spent maybe over the last year total, I'd probably spent maybe 40, 50 hours, you know, trying to make it work and giving up and then moving on to other things and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yesterday, it took me an hour and a half to really drill down into it. 
here are my problems on mint19.com. Three, I don't know if these problems are... They can't be common because a lot of people have had really great results with this. What you get with the Stream Deck UI from GitHub, by the way, which is linked to in our, our show blurb for this week, is it gives you a graphical user interface that lets you completely change whatever is mapped to each button. Um, and then there... Once you get it working, there's also a couple... There are also... Uh, two YouTube videos that show you how to get, like, to the advanced functionality, like being able to control OBS and automate your scene switching and shit. That's not stuff that I do. I, I When I'm live-streaming a video game, I have one shot, predominantly. Um, and anything else that I need to change, I can really just change you know, in OBS with my mouse, you know, blocks. I've, I, I, uh, I'm lucky I have fucking five mo- well, I have three monitors and I have four monitors, three of which are always running. Fourth one, uh, I activate for programming. And all of that is running with the fucking, uh, my, my valve index as a, another monitor. So it's like, it's a lot of monitors. But, um, so it's not a big deal for me to alt tab outside of a game and like actually go into OBS, which is my mouse. Even during a live stream, it's not that big of a break in the game to if I need to change something or reconfigure something. But if you don't have that luxury and you want to really automate the fuck out of OBS, or if you, like me, really want a fucking soundboard that doesn't eat up the key presses and the key real estate and your fucking dilapidated senile as fuck because you're old as dirt. What was the Lincoln administration like, grandpa? Fucking fried as fuck. Space Magnus synapses and their dwindling and the dwindling activity therein. This gives you a hundred for 130 bucks. This is amazing, and I've wanted something like this for Linux for so long. And I've tried every solution. Uh, this is a dedicated thing, it's just a USB thing. I'm making a little stand for it that mounts on my desk underneath my desk, actually. Um, and these buttons, they light up. Like, I can, right now, I'm looking at, here's what it says. It says, War, Farnham, No, Alive, Pirates, Libyans, Surprise, Help, Flames, Popcorn, Whip, Casey, Pricks. And then there's two empty buttons. So, I press Casey. It is ponderous. If I press Whip, it plays, and so all of this stuff you do inside of Stream Deck UI, which is a, a graphical user interface, I'm having a hard time making, in Mint 19, making it launch and start up without having to create a System D service for it. Um, but it's not that big of a pain in the ass right now, and I just got it working yesterday. I'm just excited that it fucking works, and doesn't... You don't need auto-key, you don't need anything else. So, here are the problems that I had in terms of you know, blah. And then maybe you can decide if you want to go buy one. I, I think this might be a Mint 19 pretty much a Mint 18, 19 exclusive difficulty. Because it I, I have, I've read everything that I could find in terms of bug reports and everything on the internet and no one, it doesn't seem like anyone who is running anything other than Mint has run into the fucking wall of pain that I chomped through yesterday in an hour and a half, which was... I'm pretty impressed with myself. So here are the problems. First of all, I run... I have two different versions of Python. That's fine. 
like you know, I had different. Actually, I had three different versions of Python because I got I still have two point two point two point eight or two point six. I can't remember. But then I have three point six, and then I have another one that is you know blah blah blah. So you have to make sure that you have to install this via pip, which is fine. But then there's permission issues, and you have to make sure that you're using the right pip. If you cross this up, if you get this fucked up in any way, shape, or form, you're fucked. And in Mint 19, Python 3.6, I want to say it's 3.6 or 3.8, whatever the latest Python is, but it's, you know, pip 3. My Python pip, and for those of you who don't know, pip is, uh, like, um, <coughs> what was a, a pair? For, was that for PHP? I can't remember. Pip is like the apt get. It's like the apt repository um, modular library loading auto configurator. Pulls it down from the internet. You know, blah. You find a package that you want. If it has a pip candidate for it, then that's already in the database. It's kind of like Flatpak, kind of like app, kind of like any other repository management system with versioning and etc. It's like um, like auto scheduler or whatever. Fuck, was that even the name of that library? Can't remember. This is back in the day when I was doing radio control room project. But you know, you just do sudo space hyphen h capital H for the sudo, make it you know, uh, make it non root, make it apply to your user or what? Yeah, that's pretty much what I think. That's what it does. Anyway, sudo you know hyphen h. Um, pip or pip3 install uh, uh, auto scheduler and then it'll go on the internet it'll find auto scheduler in the pip libraries it'll pull down the latest version and it'll install it for you there is some fucked up bug with this in terms of I'm not I don't know, because I do so much fucking shit in Python, it can be... I can't honestly say that this was... You know what? I'm pretty sure this was just a fucking Mint 19 uh, Python 3 problem, because PIP 3 means that you're installing something for Python 3 via PIP, and PIP just means you're using whatever the default anyway, it doesn't matter so there was that, and there were some permission problems but here's the biggest problem my version of Python with Python 3.6, I want to say didn't have wheel installed by default wheel is really necessary for a lot of other shit specifically in this case for Hadapi now, I did have Hadapi installed, but it was a way older version. And PIP3, because I didn't have Wheel installed, which is crazy to not... Like, I thought Wheel just came with fucking PIP. It always used to. I want to say, this is the first time I've ever seen this, because I would never figure it out otherwise. So I was getting... I was hitting this wall with Hadapi. Would not install Hadapi. It's, and anytime I tried to run the actual script, it said that, you know, it, you know, crash, crunch, bang, fail, fuck you, no Hadapi, go 
fucking piss in a river and eat shit and die. Home of challenge pissing! And so I was like, why won't this install? And then every time I tried to install Hadapi via PIP 3 or PIP or whatever, it said, oh no, it's late, you know, it's already there and it's good. And I tried to um, update it even and it didn't do anything. It's like, no, it's the latest version. It was not the latest version. I had to install Wheel through PIP and then install the specific version of Hadapi, which was beyond the version that was already installed. And for some reason, Pip just kept relying off of its cache and didn't even bother to do a version check. It's it's there's some weird shit there with Hadapi and Pip and uh, Mint 19 and Wheel. So that took you know the bulk of 45 minutes. So then I get everything fucking set up and it should fucking work. I got my UDEV rules set up. Everything should be fine. You know, old home week, basically, more or less. You know, it's like, ah, one of those system administration tasks that, like, you know, like, this is my god invented video game, so I can sit here on my ass and pretend like what I just did had saved the company because it did. <laughs> it's homework of a good system administrator. Absolutely true, by the way. So, then I go to run Stream Deck. And holy shit, it's running. You know, it's 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 in my little terminal window, my little uh, my little terminal window, and uh, it's doing something it's never done before. It's you know, ticking off all the stuff as it bootstraps itself or whatever, metastasizes to the bone of your brain in the space madness. A beautiful candy-like button. Um, and so I'm holding my breath. It's like the eight thousandth time I've tried this over the last year. And it crunch bangs again, but this time it crunch bangs. I scroll back up because, you know, it just ends in a bunch of gibberish. Like, not gibberish, gibberish, but it's like quoting actual lines of code that I'm not sure where they're getting, where it's actually pulling those lines of code from. And, you know, it doesn't matter. So I, I, you know, I scroll, scroll up to the top and my cigarette fell out of my mouth as my, I swear to God, as my jaw hit the fucking floor. I was flabbergasted. First line of this, you know, not intimidating or anything. It was, you know, normal error, but it wasn't a Python error. It was actually like a shell error. It was weird. Said, warning, please disable, uh, warning, something like warning, uh, CPU random number generation failing, please switch to non-hardware random number generation. I I was like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're telling me that after all of this shit, all of this shit, all of which was fucked in its own separate way, all of which we overcame and, you know, blocked because I know what the fuck I'm doing and I have endless, endless, if not endless patience and endless persistence at chasing down eventually you know it's like I'm a bounty hunter you know what I mean it's like I'm Briscoe County Junior you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for you but I know that when I find you that I will found you and then I'm taking you down I'm like are you fucking kidding me I've never gotten this error message before but I knew exactly what it was like you're telling me that there's a bug in my microcode 
You're telling me that there's a fucking bug in my microcode on my CPU. No fucking way. So all the other shit that I had done with uh, Hidapi, with Wheel and Hidapi and Pip 3 and all the permission stuff, all of that was still necessary because all of those were f- probably fucked in different ways from, you know, a year ago when I, you know, mangling trying to mangle my way through it but now I got into where it should work and it tells me that there is a fucking bug in my microcode so I run and uh, let's see Ivor you're fired inkcf I run a uh, here's here are my uh, inksy things because uh, I can never remember what my motherboard is so I run a uh, Asus Tech Tough Gaming X570 hyphen plus with the Wi-Fi. That's actually part of the model number for my MOBO. And I just rebuilt this machine mm, right around Thanksgiving. I took I threw in a new motherboard, this, this Tough Gaming X57 plus with Wi-Fi, and I threw in a new CPU, and I got a Ryzen 7, AMD Ryzen 7, uh, 3800X, 8 core. So, I'm like, okay, I wouldn't, I couldn't believe that it was saying that CPU random number generation is failing. Please, I'm like, what? I don't know how to disable fucking CPU random number generation, by the way. This is like, fucking, are you just kidding me? Are you fucking with me? So I googled it, and I found a great Ars Technica article yeah. Sure enough, boss. Uh, AMD Ryzen 7 uh, 3000 series CPUs. I mean, this is just an unthinkable fuck up. Their microcode has a fucked random number generator inside of it. It's not even the microcode, it's what's on the fucking CPU. Anyway, luckily. And I, so I, I read that page, took me, you know, five minutes. I got out a fucking thumb drive, went to Asus's website, fucking found my MOBO, got the the latest BIOS, put it on the fucking thumb drive, flashed the BIOS, and then Stream Deck. And it worked. And there was the GUI as promised. And it's amazing. Anyone who knows me, anyone who's listened to this podcast for these six or seven years, which is about as long as this episode feels like, knows what it means to me to be able to map individually. Surprise, cockpit! You're supposed to help me. Strike your colors, you brazen wench. No need to expose your superstructure. It is glorious. And I'm just getting started with it. Um... I've already live streamed with it. It is fantastic. Now that it works. There's some problems with the Stream Deck UI, but it's one developer. It's just this one guy um, who's working on it. Uh, Timothy Crossley. Thank you, Timothy Crossley. I'm going to send him fucking 40 bucks um, as soon as I can figure out a way to... I just need a PayPal address. I'm sending this guy 40 bucks because this is my wet dream. And like I said, you can automate it. You, not automate it. You can 
in Stream Deck UI, which is a GUI, it's a full-on GUI, you can just drop in different icons and shit for each button, it's very simple, you can tell it, uh, you can give it, give each button an alias, a command, or a series of key presses to emulate, you can also make it type out text when it executes, when you press the button, right now I'm just using socks to literally fire hard-coded uh, commands, it's like, you know, play you know, uh, space slash home slash skooky slash work slash I'm I'm going off the top of my head here. Uh, work yeah, work slash SK soundboard slash for skooky soundboard slash and then DMP3's name, and that's what makes it. And you can layer them too. So like this is the whipping sequence from Captain Blood. And now we're going to use that dynamically as a bed for some other things that I, you know, I I can't um, scroll through the actual uh, pages of the of the stream deck yet. I will get there sometime before tomorrow Monday because I mean it's Monday already. I was working on this since last Monday, which was yesterday. Um, but I'm bumping. But uh, so okay, we'll we'll use the whipping as a bed, and then we'll layer some other stuff on top of it. I can't color you, raisin lips. No need to expose your superstructure. Flames, flames, flames on the side of my face. Good evening, pricks. It is I. Evening, farming. Look for money. Who, who? Who do you think? all of those were triggered from just pressing little buttons with each it's so great because like you don't have to fucking have the you know aedic memory or whatever for 130 bucks this is fan bloody tastic and you can use it to automate anything that you want inside of your computer so you go, that's this week's show. We're getting out of here at about, what, an hour and 40 minutes? Cheers, I will see you next week. We'll either have a feature on VR or free games. Uh, be safe. Stay sane. Don't let the space madness get you. Um, and uh, wear a mask and donate blood if you're healthy. Seriously, check out the link in the show blurb. It's redcross.org slash give hyphen blood dot html give slash give uh, dash blood dot html um, they need it and one out of every seven people who are admitted to a hospital needs blood this has nothing to do with COVID it's just everyone is freaked out you know they're, and rightly so you should not go outside ever you should never see the sunlight and you should never get laid again and on that happy note I will catch you next week Cheers. Thanks for listening. Fuck you, Ivar! Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry. Four or five times.
Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh. Four or five times. We're going to have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy oh. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Look what you've done! That wasn't good! That wasn't good! And you know me, I don't say nothing! That was terrible! So angry! He was the mothership. He was the job of the hut. He ran the show. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there, I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.